preach this morning from this title, I Am Persuaded. And tonight I'm going to preach from the title, I Am Persuasive. Would you lift your, uh, lift your hands to the Lord right now and just love him together in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to receive your word this morning. In the name of Jesus, we open our spirit, we open our heart today. In the name of Jesus, help us this morning, Father. In the name of Jesus, I lose the power of the Holy Ghost in here this morning. In the name of Jesus, there's faith that's going to move into this into this sanctuary this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I loose it this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord and give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Ephesians, he tells us in Ephesians that he was rich in mercy and all the things that, that, that were a part of our past, that we were caught up in the lust of our flesh and of all the things that we could give ourselves to, of where we came from and where God, what God saved us out of. God doesn't come to save us in our sin. He comes to save us from our sin. God, the story of, of the woman that was caught in the, in the very act of adultery. The Bible says they brought her to Jesus and they threw her down in front of him and said, what are we supposed to do with her? The law says she should be stoned. The Bible says that Jesus uh, uh, stooped down and began to write in the dirt. And, and he said, he that is without sin cast the first stone. The Bible says they dropped their stones and they left. But then he looked at her and, and he said, where are your accusers? And then he gave her a commandment. He said, go and sin no more. The forgiveness of Jesus Christ is not so that we can live our life and live it how we want to live it, but the forgiveness of Jesus Christ in our life is so that we can go and we can break forth from the, the clutches of sin and we can conquer sin and we can live above sin. I'm not suggesting that humanity becomes perfect, but hear me this morning, that it is possible to rise above and to live above the besetting sins of our life through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The, the Spirit of God, God's saving power, the power of His Spirit gives us the ability to live above sin and to live in a place of righteousness before God, conquering sin and living above sin. When He gets a hold of our life, hear me this morning, that because of His love and because of His grace and because of His mercy, I don't have to stay in the same sinful situation that I am in but I can live a life of righteousness and holiness before God and be pleasing unto him because of his mercy not because of my goodness but because of his goodness it's never about my goodness I will never be so good that I impress God on my on my best day on my best day living for God whatever that looks like before God it is it is as filthy rags before him before God it is putrid and it is filthy before God my, on my best day my righteousness compared to his righteousness will never compare so what God does when I repent of my sins and I am baptized 
baptized in the name of Jesus and I am filled with the Holy Ghost, what Jesus does is he gives me his righteousness. I, I no longer have to look at my life uh, uh, from the standpoint of my good deeds and all of the good things I have accomplished because that will never cover up the bad things that I have done. It will never cover up the iniquity in my heart. So he gives me his righteousness and his righteousness covers up everything. His righteousness covers my sin. His righteousness covers my iniquity. His righteousness does the work that I wish I could do myself. Hallelujah. Man has a problem. Man has a big problem. We are sinners. We are born into sin. And the Bible says we are shaped in iniquity. It is within our very DNA a sinful nature that I cannot do away with it myself. I cannot rid myself of sin. I cannot get rid of my sinful nature. I cannot, I, there's no self-discipline that I can do that will get that, that that will cause me to get to a place where I can overcome sin. It is absolutely impossible for me to deal with my own sinful issues. It, 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 it is sin in the life of a new of, of, of a newborn baby. It is iniquity that is there. It is self-control that is there that is born into that child. Even though the child does not understand anything within every single person, there is iniquity that is within us. It is called self-will. That's what iniquity is. Self-will. Doesn't, doesn't take long for a child to understand uh, uh, or to come to the understanding and the, with their cognitive ability that they want to do what they want to do. It's, it's innate within us. It is natural as anything else that within me dwelleth no good thing, uh, Paul says. Now, uh, uh, as a child begins to grow up and they begin to learn, it, it is fussing and fighting with that sinful nature that, that, that a parent has to continue with in teaching them how to be productive but hear me this morning when it all comes down to it it is only because of the grace and the mercy it is only because of the love of God that we are here today I can't take credit for anything positive that has happened in my life I can only lift my voice and say thank you Jesus for your goodness and for your love that you have displayed for me that you have poured out on my life I can only thank God for his love for giving me an opportunity to live for him. Yes. Hallelujah. How precious an opportunity is. There are some people that went to sleep last night and did not wake up this morning not knowing that they would not have another opportunity the next day to do the will of God. But we are here this morning because we woke up this morning because God allowed us to wake up this morning because there's something that happened as God was drawing us to his presence and God by his spirit was drawing us today. We cannot underestimate just the simplicity of an opportunity to come to God and to worship him one more day. And I I don't want to waste an opportunity that I have to live for him. I don't want to waste one day by giving it to the world, but I want to live every day of my life because I love him and I want to live my life for him. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord right now and just tell him, Lord, I want to live for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God, who is rich in mercy, 
with his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins hath quickened us together and has seated us together in heavenly places. It is his love that brought us here. It is his love that has given us opportunity. That Our world is full of, of anxiety and angst and fear and torment and abuse and pain. Our world is full of all of, of the things that we would consider negative. Hear me this morning. I've heard uh, more times than I can remember if, if God really loves humanity or really loves me, why has all of this happened to me? This all this, The answer to this question question goes back to the very beginning of mankind when we were created. God gave man a will. He gave him a human will and the power to choose freely without any interruption, without any uh, without any anything uh, stopping him. If man if God decided to stop man from making a bad decision and he interrupted his will, he would interrupt the entire relationship process with Almighty God because when when God gets involved with interrupting man's will and his ability to choose, hear me this morning, that, 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 that it interrupts the free will of man interacting with God. God created humanity with the desire and the hope that he would choose him back. God created man with the hope and the desire that he would that he would have relationship with man and man would decide to to man would decide to choose him as well and so and so God gave man free will he gave Adam the free will to choose to love him and to serve him and Adam and Eve made the wrong decision they decided to disobey and God did not stop them he did, not, he did not stiff arm them. He did not say you can't do that, but he allowed them the ability and the free will to choose. And it only took one generation. It only took one generation for disobedience to turn into murder. Cain and Abel are in the field, the children of Adam and Eve. The Bible says Cain rises up against Abel and he kills him. So sin in the nature of humanity goes from one generation of being, being the, of just being disobedience to the next generation. It's on a whole nother level. Be careful what we deem as not a big deal or what we look at as not a big, it, it, this sin isn't a big sin. It's not a big deal. Uh, it, it may not have seemed like a big deal to you, but the next generation may take things to the next level. It's, we've got to be careful what we allow into our lives and what we give ourselves over to because the next generation is watching us. What we, what we allow, what we allow and what we permit, the next generation will embrace and will take to the next level. The next generation is watching us. And this is what happened with Cain and Abel. They are, or they, they knew their parents had sinned and fallen into sin and, and this sin nature is in them. And, and because of that, humanity and society is in the midst of a mess 
right now because it has it has spiraled downward generation after generation after generation after generation. It's 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 within us. Sinful nature is just that. It is natural. Nobody has to teach a child how to sin. Nobody has to teach a three or a four year old kid to disobey or to tell a lie or to do these things that are within us that are just natural. It does not have to be taught. It is innate within us. And because of that, our society is spiraling downward. And because of that, our society is making wrong choice after wrong choice after wrong choice. Our society is choosing things that give us pleasure in the moment, but that leave us with a mess when it's all said and done. That's why God is such a good God. It's because while humanity has chosen sin, generation after generation after generation, his love and his grace and his mercy is still extended towards us even though we have chosen sin over him. He looked at us this morning and even though our parents may have been sinners and our grandparents and our great-grandparents and our great-great-grandparents and and you can go back as far as you could count in in all of the generations while sin is there and is a part of our family when we come to him, when we come to him in faith believing, wanting to obey his word, his love is there for us. His love is extended towards us and his love is available to us by his grace. We are saved through faith. I'm not here by myself. I'm only here because he is a good God and his love has been bestowed upon me and he's reaching for humanity today. He's reaching for somebody this morning. He's offering his love and his grace. He's saying, I will save you if you want to be saved, but I will not force you to be saved. I will not force you to receive salvation, but it is available if you want it. Love cannot be forced. That's not love. Love is only true love if it is done and if it is received and given of your own free will. Love is only freely given. It is not taken. It is not forced. You cannot take love from somebody. You cannot force them to love you. You, Love is something that is freely given of your heart and that's what God is. The Bible says that God is love. John chapter 3 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hear me this morning. The love of God is so great towards us. It is his love. It is his grace. It is his mercy upon our lives that gives us the opportunity to obey his word and to enter into his kingdom, to enter into relationship with him and to have everlasting life. I don't know how you feel this morning, but every day, that I live I'm thankful for the goodness of God because there's nothing that I have that by myself I deserve everything that I have is because of the goodness of God everything that has been given to me I have because of the grace and the mercy of almighty God hallelujah we can live in the blessing of God for so long that I feel like we can become so used to the blessing of God that it becomes normal. So normal, in fact, that we just forget where we came from 
and what our background was and the fact that I didn't get here by myself. I'm not here because of my own good works. I didn't impress God so much one day that he decided to bless me. I'm not here because I'm impressive to him. I'm not here because of any good thing that I have done. I'm here because of the love and the grace and the mercy of Almighty God. I'm here today because once I was a sinner, but he set me free and he saved me and he filled me with his spirit and he baptized me in his name and washed away my sins. So the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, he's writing to the church. And while at one time he was one of the ones that persecuted the church, while at one of the times he was one that was, that was involved in direct persecution of, of, of Christians and was taking them to prison and was having them executed and, and all of the things that Paul was doing as he had the, the full authority of, of Judaism and the Sanhedrin as he went from city to city and from town to town and as he began to find Christians and he would persecute them, he then experiences the salvation that only God can give while he is on his way to Damascus and when he gets there he's baptized in Jesus name and he's filled with the Holy Ghost this was the, the this was the conversion of Saul of Tarsus as as we know him the, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Paul begins to tell as he writes the church in Rome in chapter 8 he talks about all of the persecution he talks about all the things that have come against the church he talks about everything that has come against them but he, he goes on to say for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Holy Ghost wants to tell somebody this morning that no matter where you find yourself in life this morning it was his goodness that saved you and it's his goodness that's going to keep you. It wasn't your goodness that saved you and it's not your goodness that's going to keep you but it's nothing that will come against you there is nothing that will come against you that will cause you to be separated from the love of Jesus Christ hallelujah when I was baptized in Jesus name I am baptized into Christ the Bible says he that is baptized into Christ has put on Christ when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ, it was, it was then Christ in me. So I am in Christ and Christ is in me. And the Bible declares to us that we've got to keep ourselves in the love of Jesus Christ. It is the love of Jesus Christ that will keep you. I, I, I believe in preaching about eternity. I believe in preaching about heaven and about hell. And there is, an, there is a place of eternal damnation and torment for those that are not a part of the kingdom of God that have not walked with God and have not received his spirit and been baptized in his name and that is part that is truth that is that is that is what awaits us on the other side is either heaven or hell but it's not just scaring somebody into living for God there has to come a place where you quit being scared of being lost and you fall in love with Jesus Christ because it is his love that is going to keep you Hallelujah. It is not it is not going through the motions that's going to keep you. It is not going to church 3 times a week that is going to keep you. It is the love of Jesus Christ that saved you and it is the love of Jesus Christ that's going to keep you. Hallelujah. 
There's no love that, that the world offers us. That, that, that even com- begins to compare to the love of Jesus Christ. There is, there is nothing that the world offers us that, that, that will give you, the, the, the world will offer you pleasure. You know, the most, I, I think the most intoxicating thing is uh, that somebody can be intoxicated with is not alcohol or drugs, but it is the spirit of iniquity. It is the spirit of iniquity that is absolutely intoxicating. That's why there will be people all over the world today on a Sunday that will go to a church and they will go there because they feel the love of God tugging them. They know and they can admit that God loves them and they feel the pulling and the drawing of the love of God else they would not go. They know that there is something there. They know that the love of God is pulling them and constraining them. But on the other hand, it is the spirit of iniquity which is the spirit of self-will of uh, ultimately I want to do what I want to do and I don't want God to tell me what to do. They will come close enough to feel the love of God and acknowledge that he is real and acknowledge that his love is there because they feel something that they cannot feel anywhere else, but yet will be caught between two worlds. The love, be caught between the love of God and the love of their flesh and the love of their own will, knowing that God loves them and has something for them, but yet cannot break loose of of the iniquity that is in their life yet cannot break loose of the fact that it feels good to do what you want to do whenever you want to do it. But I've come to tell you this morning that there is nothing that iniquity can give you that God cannot raise it better, that God cannot give you something better than whatever iniquity can give you. There's nothing like being a part of God's will and a part of his plan. I am persuaded there comes a point where you've got to get persuaded that nothing can separate you from the love of God that there is nothing that can come against you that can pull you away from his love I'm talking to people this morning that there are various circumstances represented in this place today you may be going through something that nobody next to you even knows that you're going through quite a trial or a difficult time in your life but the Holy Ghost wants you to know that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God if you choose to live in his love, if you choose to stay in the love of Jesus Christ, if you choose to live your life in the kingdom of God, if you choose to live your life in his love, there's nothing that can separate you. Would you lift your hands this morning and lift your voice to him right now and love him in this house this morning? Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for your love today. I thank you for your spirit this morning. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Hallelujah. 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 He said, we are killed all the day long. He was talking about the persecution that the church was going through worldwide. Everything that was taking place, Paul's writing to the Romans. He said, but in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What the first century church was going through at that time was was catastrophic. There's no way we can really wrap our mind around 
what, what they were going through in America in the 21st century. They, they, were, they were being, they were being uh, uh, abused and they were being, they were being persecuted for their faith. They were being persecuted for the gospel and for the truth of the word of God. But Paul says, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I'm going to tell you this morning that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ because of his love. Let me tell you, this morning, the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost comes into your life, when the Holy Ghost comes into your spirit, he gives you power and authority over every over everything that you could encounter in life. But the greatest level of dominion or of control in your life, the greatest level of control is the love of God that pours out of you. The, the, greatest, the greatest example that, that flows out of you that God is there is that his love flows out of you because you exist and you live in his love. Let me tell you this morning that there is nothing, there is nothing like the love of Jesus Christ. When Jesus wraps his arms of love around you, there is nothing like the love of Jesus Christ and the comfort of his spirit. That's what the Holy Ghost is called in the New Testament. It is called the comforter because that's what he comes to do. He comes to love you. He wants to feel you. He wants to change you because he loves you. And I am persuaded. I am persuaded. There comes that point in your life where you've got to be persuaded for the things of God over everything that presents itself to you. You've got to be persuaded that nothing in this world is worth turning loose of God for. That there is nothing else in this life that, that, that the Spirit of God is worth letting go of that so you can have what the world has to offer. There is nothing that is, that is better than living for Jesus Christ. There is nothing that is better than living in the presence of the Lord. Does anybody believe that this morning? There's got to be some saints of God that grab a hold of that today and say, I am persuaded. I am persuaded. You may have battled all kinds of things that tried to pull you away from his love, but you've got to come back to what the apostle Paul said. I am persuaded. I am persuaded. If you can get those three words in your mind and in your spirit, you can make it through whatever you encounter in life when you are persuaded that nothing can separate you from God. The enemy comes into your life to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes into your life in whatever subtle ways that he can. And he wants to get a foothold in your life through a circumstance, through a situation, through doubt, through fear. He wants to separate you from God. He wants to separate you from the body of Christ. See, those two go hand in hand. When it, becomes, it starts becoming easy to be separated from the body of Christ, it has become easy to you to be separated from God because you cannot separate God and his body. We are the body of Christ. And so one of the natural responses and natural reactions of somebody who loves Jesus Christ is, I love his body and I want to be around the body of Christ. I want to be involved and I want to be connected with the body of Christ. This is what, this is what being in love with Jesus is and his love in me and my love for him. That's the love that will keep you as I'm going to stay connected to the body of Christ. I'm not going to let anything separate me from Jesus Christ. I'm 
I'm not going to let anything separate me from the love of Jesus Christ because I am persuaded. And if I stay in his presence, if I, if I am persuaded of his love and his goodness, that no matter what comes my way, no matter what happens in my life, now it, it, it could be trials or tribulations. It could be difficult times. It could be somebody turning their back on me. It could be a family member mistreating me. But if I stay in the love of Jesus Christ, I'm going to make it all the way because somewhere along the line, I became persuaded. I became persuaded. I became persuaded. You've got to get it in your spirit that I'm here for the long haul because there's nothing that can separate me. There's no temptation. There's no trial. There's no circumstance in life that is greater than the love of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hear me this morning. The reason why people are tempted, and the Bible says they are drawn away of their own lust and enticed, is because the temptation seemed to be better than the love of Jesus Christ. That's, that's why people that live for God and fall back into sin is, is temptation is just that. It's not rocket science. What Satan does is he presents something to be better than what God has to offer. And we believe it. In that moment, we are persuaded. In that moment, you are persuaded that what, what sin or iniquity or the flesh has to offer is greater than what Jesus has to offer. What Satan does is he, he tempts humanity with things in this life that bring pleasure for the moment. And they are persuaded that that is the answer that they have been looking for. That is the pleasure that will give them fulfillment in life. That that is the thing that is worth giving their life to. And because they are persuaded, they give themselves wholeheartedly to it. Anytime you've tried to live for God and it's been 100% of us, we've been living for God and something tempted us and we fell into the temptation. You know why? Because in that moment when the temptation came, you were immediately persuaded about that temporary pleasure and sin that drew you away from your relationship with God and then you came back to a place of repentance and realized that it was just a lie the whole time that the, that the real joy that you seek is in the presence of God. That the real joy and the love for the things of God, you find it in the presence of God at an altar of repentance where the Lord deals with you and you find it in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ but you've got to come to a place and every one of us do here today every saint of God, everybody under the sound of my voice here today that I am persuaded that nothing can separate me and nothing will separate me from the love of God. I don't care how tempting it is, I will not be separated. I don't care how much they try to draw me away I will not be separated. I don't care how much the temptation comes to me. I will not be separated from the love of Jesus Christ. I am persuaded. That persuasion, that persuasion is what's going to keep you. That persuasion is what's going to give you strength. 
when you when you're feeling weak in your spirit because every one of us every single one of us go through times where we just feel weak in our spirit where we just feel like we're tired and the battle has raged on and the temptation has come and the, and the, and the thoughts have come and the and and there's been a, an erosion it seems of our mind and our thoughts you've got to get it in your spirit i am persuaded if i'm going to make it to the end it's only going to be because i am persuaded if i'm going to make it to heaven it's only going to be because i am persuaded if i'm going to live for God for the rest of my life it's only going to be because I am persuaded I am persuaded I am persuaded I've got a persuasion it's got a hold of me and I will not let it go and it will not let me go I will not be perfect I may have bad days I'm going to have them but I'm persuaded I'm going to get back to to where I need to be in God I'm going to get back to an altar of repentance I'm going to get back to the presence of God I'm going to live my life in his presence because I am persuaded In the midst of all of the tribulation and the persecution of the church, Paul says, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. What you don't realize is when you don't feel like a conqueror, that's when Satan comes to you and says, see, you're just a weak Christian. You're just playing a game. You're just fake. You're just a hypocrite. Anybody ever had those thoughts come to you? Oh, yeah. Satan loves to throw those words at, at believers. But you got to understand in those moments where you feel weak and you feel like you're drained and you feel like you've been fighting everything just to stay where you need to stay, that's why you are more than a conqueror. I'm going to tell you what being more than a conqueror is. It's doing what you need to do. It's living for God when you don't feel like living for God. It's doing righteous things when you don't feel like doing righteous things. It's making right decisions when you don't feel like making righteous decisions that's what being more than a conqueror is that's when that's when living for God gets more real than it ever has because anybody can live for God when there's goosebumps and when everybody's there and nobody's and, 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 and everybody's around you and there's no shortage of somebody to encourage you but when you're all alone on the battlefield and you don't feel like living for God some days and you don't feel like making all the right decisions and you don't feel like doing what you got to do but you do it anyway because you're persuaded because there was a day where it got in your spirit and it got deep within your heart and it got so deep right here that even when you didn't feel it you still made right decisions even when you didn't feel like it you still came back to the house of God even when you didn't feel like it you still made it to the prayer room because I am persuaded I am persuaded I am persuaded you gotta get so persuaded that it keeps you in the dry times and it keeps you in the alone times and it keeps you when you're all by yourself. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That double-mindedness cannot be compartmentalized Bible says, and a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. The only way that you can live for God is to have a persuasion that keeps you 
in the good days and in the bad days. And I've come to preach to somebody. Maybe this is your first time here, second time here, tenth time here. I don't know. But God is talking to us as an entire body. Saints and everybody everybody in between. Hear me this morning. That there's nothing like being persuaded. That he that is able to save me is able to keep me. If he saved me and brought me out of sin. If his love brought me out of darkness. He can keep me for the rest of the journey. He didn't bring you out of sin and out of darkness just to leave you by yourself but when you get persuaded there's something that transitions in your spirit that says I'm not here by myself but I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved us I've come to preach to you this morning that you've got to get persuaded and when you get persuaded that's when you're more than a conqueror in every circumstance in your life stand with me this morning The Bible talks about Noah, hear me very clearly. The Bible tells us about Noah. It says, he was moved with fear to the saving of his household. The Bible tells us a story in the book of Genesis about a man named Noah. The Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God told Noah, I'm going to send a flood upon the earth. And it's going to kill everything. But I'm going to give you a plan of how to escape it. He said, you're going to need to build a boat. It's going to need to be this long, this wide, this high. It's going to need to have three floors on it. It's going to need to have one door and one window. You're going to pitch it within and pitch it without. He told him how to build it. So you know what Noah did? Noah and his three sons got busy building an ark because they were persuaded of the word of God. They believed it. They believed it. They believed it so much that they said we can't miss a day of this process we've got to do what God commanded us to do we've got to build a boat we've got to get it together there's a flood coming upon the earth and today in 2023 there is destruction that is coming upon the earth I'm not talking about metaphorical I'm talking about real destruction And the story of Noah is quoted by Jesus in the New Testament when he said, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. What does that mean? That means that the story of Noah is directly connected to New Testament doctrine. It's not, hold hold on just a second. It's not just an old story for history's sake, but it is a story that is directly connected to the coming of Jesus Christ. He told Noah, I want you to build the boat this long, this high. Specifics. God wasn't vague with salvation. God's not vague with the process of salvation. If, if, if destruction is coming and I must be saved, what kind of God would be vague with the salvation process? 
Just as specific as he was with Noah, he's just as specific today, okay? He said, I want you to build the boat this long, this high. He said, I want you to put three floors in it. Now, this boat was going to save them, all right? Salvation. The Bible says we are saved by the gospel. What is the gospel? It is the death, the burial, the resurrection. There was three floors in that boat. Repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, infilling of the Holy Ghost. There was one door. That door represents Jesus Christ. He is the way. And there was one window. That window is the window of time in this life that you have to make a decision. Somebody's going to get on the boat this morning. Somebody's going to be persuaded of the Word of God. I'm going to tell you this morning that Jesus is pulling at humanity because He loves you. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, you can be baptized this morning in Jesus' name and your sins can be washed away in the waters of baptism. You can do it this morning in, in Jesus' name. You can be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues today you can be ready you can be persuaded and you can make it all the way to the end I wonder if somebody would gather around this altar with me this morning God is talking to some people today he wants to minister to some hearts this morning saints of God come in this morning God's going to talk to some people here today if you want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues if you want to be baptized in Jesus name Brother Marsh can take you back to baptism in Jesus name get your chain I wonder if you'd lift up your hands this morning and love the Lord all over the building today would you lift up your hands and lift your voice this morning and love him today oh hallelujah hallelujah oh bless the name of Jesus this morning Come on, hearts are crying out to him right now. There are people that are hungry for God this morning. Would you lift your voice and lift your spirit to him today? Yeah, hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our voice to him right now, all in this altar. Let this altar be a place where the praises of God rise in this house this morning. Hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand or let's pray with somebody. Let's join up with somebody right now. God's doing the work in here today.
your hands and lift your voice to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah, all over this building right now. Lord, we magnify your name this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I'm going to make it all the way. I'm going to make it all the way. Hallelujah. To move and find somebody else. The Lord is still touching people here this morning. Would you connect with somebody and pray with somebody right now? In the name of Jesus, Lord, we magnify you this morning. We love you today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I lose strength in the heart of every person here today. Lord, I lose a persuasion. Lord, we're persuaded this morning. We're going to make it in the name of Jesus. I am persuaded. I am persuaded. I am persuaded. time to the Lord this morning before we go today and love him and thank him. Can we lift up our voice right now? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up your voice right now with boldness and authority in his presence this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We are persuaded. We are persuaded. We are persuaded. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're going to stay in the love of Christ. Praise God. God bless you this morning. In Jesus' name, we'll see you tonight. In Jesus' name.